Hey, as a duct tape marketing listener, we know you're always on the lookout for ways to more efficiently scale your business. That's why I'm so excited to chat about I Digress, another show on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Troy Sandridge, host of I Digress, talks all about how you can eliminate complexity, complications, and confusion from your business equation and create clarity to streamline strategy solutions that achieve scalable and sustainable success. Check out episode 24. Start there. 14 minutes or so. Strategy is power. You know I love that idea. So listen, learn, and grow with I Digress on the HubSpot Podcast Network at HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Tim Washer. He is an ex-IBM Cisco Accenture, spent most of his time at, I read this right out of his bio, I had to say it, feigning interest on conference calls. Uh, boy, boy, is that now it's just Zoom calls that we're feigning interest on, although it's a lot harder to feign interest, right? Uh, he did a lot of work, uh, spent a lot of time moonlighting as comedy writer, actor on SNL, Conan and The Late Show. He's also a keynote speaker, and uh, I think I've experienced your role as an event MC as well. So Tim, yeah. uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, John. Thanks for having me. So those shows that I just mentioned, SNL, Conan, The Late Show, what's your feeling? Like, what's the state of those shows right now? Are you a fan? Do you feel like they've lost their way? I'm curious. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> SNL, oh goodness, man, it's, it lost its way a while back. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. When I when Amy Poehler was on and Tina Fey, yeah. it, those are two of my heroes in comedy. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it then. And that's when I worked for, I wrote for Amy in, for Weekend Update. And I, she was my improv instructor long time ago. And that's how I, that opened the door for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of them have. And it's, it is, it's a tough time for comedy. People just, people get offended before you even start the setup of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And they start boycotting it. <laughs> and it's just it, canceling, finding something to cancel. Let's face it. All writers, there was no need for comedy writers when Trump was in office. You just went, <laughs> went and picked up the, the New York Times or, or Fox News and you had your headline, right? That's exactly right. And we, it's actually challenging because right. there's a such an obvious joke and whatever it is. And you have to really dig deeper to find, you have to work at it to find out how do you create the joke here that people don't already get, that not, right. that not everyone is already saying, I, I can't believe this. Because so much of comedy comes from absurdity. Right. And my goodness, the, the I, I, I wrote a funny bit I was really proud of when, oh, it's such a sad thing, when he stood outside the church in Washington, D.C. and held up the Bible. And Yes, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I didn't really. It was a. It was an advanced copy of your book. Is that what he was holding up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway, we won't. Let's not. Let's not get too far down this rabbit hole. But mm -hmm. but you imagine writing for the Onion, right? Talking about absurdity. Yes. It's like how do you over absurd the absurd? That that had to be a rough patch. Yes, it, yes, but they worked through it. I, I did some stuff for the Onion uh, Sports Network, mm. which was so much fun. And and I tell you what, those guys are the best guys and gals, the yeah. best writers that yeah. I've met. Yeah, the best writers I've I've ever worked with. So when you first started as a keynote speaker, started getting on stages and stuff, did you bring a little tip jar and and put it out front there, or did, <laughs> did, did, 
did somebody let you in on the fact that actually the speaking gig get, pays a lot better? Yes, it does. It does. It's so funny because John in in New York City, stand up comedy, it, it pays just about almost nothing right, to, to right, anyone. Right. It, it doesn't matter how big you are. So I Eddie Brill was the warm up comedian and the casting director at for the late show with Letterman. And even with a guy like that, with a position like that, he got paid $70 a night, $75 a night to MC at Caroline's on Broadway. <laughs> and that's two hours, yeah. two or three hours. Yeah. It does not pay well. Yeah. Stand up. Yeah. No. Now no longer employed by <clears throat> one of the, you know, fortune 500 kind of companies, but wait, I didn't, I didn't, I thought I was still at, I <laughs> Oh, you are. You did, did, did HR tell you to no, let no, me go? No, no. I, it's, is it, that it, what this show's about? <laughs> have I have I gotten this wrong? You are. You are. Still <laughs> no, on? you're right. No, okay, you're right. Sure. I, I left. <laughs> I, I was at Cisco until the end of 2017, and then yeah, I went okay. full time right. in the comedy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. In so the speaking. Right. So let me ask you this then. Obviously, professional speakers were dramatically impacted in some cases destroyed their business in a lot of cases they pivoted went virtual but still was a different gig what did last year teach you oh man it taught me uh, first of all I, it taught me i one i need to do a better job at being uncomfortable so I, well, wait a minute can i stop you there isn't that yes. totally the whole point of stand-up you know, you're right. You're I mean, exactly particularly right. That's, improv, that's, particularly improv, right? Particularly improv. It, it's all about, it's all about being comfortable at being uncomfortable. Right. That's exactly right. Improv, especially. Yeah. But, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm happy to get up on a stage, on a stage. It's fine. It doesn't matter what happens. It's very easy for me to go with a flow. Man, for this though, one, I didn't like, look, John, doing, doing, comedy on a zoom conference on that yeah. just feels like failure it's sad <laughs> it's the sound of failure because everybody's on mute and so you don't hear any laughter and you can't really see if you do a gallery view you can see some laughter but not much the other thing is a lot it's a lot easier to laugh when people are together physically together in a room when you're alone listening to things on a zoom call and of course there's always a delay particularly if you're using some kind of powerpoint visual delivery or right. punchline yeah, that is up your timing, yeah. and I, I, it, I, I'm still really slow to want to do comedy. I just don't like doing comedy by that. So, what uh, what I do enjoy is emceeing virtual conferences. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, but just and and now I've now I'm not really doing. I don't have I don't have jokes really written into my presentation. I'm doing something very different. I'm speaking about something very different now. Yeah. And I definitely want to get to that, but I was curious when I hear you talk about that idea of it taught you to be uncomfortable in a lot of ways, when you're on a stage, after you've done this for a while, I'm guessing you're on a stage, I'm thinking my own performing, you do gain a sense of control over the environment. And I think that what you probably experienced was you no longer had any control over the environment. That's right. There were so many more, there were so many more variables outside of my control. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. HubSpot's CRM platform is easy to adopt. And there are really two reasons, two features that make this possible. The contact timeline and the mobile app and mobile keyboard. 
HubSpot's contact timeline gives you the historical context you need to get the work done and connect with customers because all of your customer data is in one place. It can serve as a single source of truth. In HubSpot, you can take an action right from the contact timeline. Make a call, enroll a contact in a sequence, schedule a meeting, you've got it. And if you're on the go, you just use the mobile app to make it all happen and keep everything up to date. You don't have to spend a lot of time training your team. You can be sure that all the contact information is going into one system, making your team more efficient. Look, better adoption with a CRM leads to better data richer insights, and a bigger impact on your customer experience. Learn more about how you can scale your company without scaling complexity at HubSpot.com. So what are you working on right now? I know you've, you're delving into more, a little bit of talking about change and, and culture, aren't you? Yeah, this, uh, I did, a, I did a, a virtual keynote a couple of months ago. And what I ended, it was on, it, it was moments that matter is what they wanted and I talked about just some struggles I had going back to like when I was six or seven years old, something that my mom said to me that really made me feel like, wow, I get the sense that it, I have to be quiet in order to be loved because I was always joking around as a kid and my mom was just, and, and I understand I was obnoxious, not rude, but just, it was a lot. It was taught a lot of chatter and a, a lot of trying and it was my it's my early days so the material wasn't that strong but it, it's taken me that and just being in a in married to the wrong person for 20 years and going through a tough divorce uh it's taken me a while to figure out that man i i'm unworthy of, I, i've felt unworthy of love almost all my life hmm. and i had a therapist point that out to me and so that's what i'm sharing that more i'm telling that story more in the hopes that other people will say, wow, I, 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 I might be dealing with feeling unworthy in some level too. And you know what? I do have a choice to make and here are some steps I can take to get out of it. So now every parent listening is, God dang it. What did I say yesterday to my kid? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. I've, yeah, I, I, I do that all the time. I, I always question myself and judge myself, yeah. but, but now I've put, um, discipline. Yeah. But, but, and part of that is, I think, especially for people who go through a divorce, when you go through a divorce and the home gets split up, yeah. you feel there's a sense of guilt. Like I made my life, the life for my kids more difficult. Sure. And there's a need to want to compensate for that and to be easy and not be, make it pleasant environment and back off some of the the discipline that right. you might have. And And I learned that lesson the hard way with my daughter and thank goodness, when she was in fourth grade and thank goodness I was able to recover in time and realize, no, you know what? I just need to joke with her. And not that there's not discipline. There's not things that need to get done, but I know there's things that are much more important. Yeah. So, yeah. so you have, um, you've, you've made some physical changes too. Right? And by that you've really, and maybe you've been a runner all your life, but it seems like you've really taken it up a notch. Yeah, I have not. I have not been, I ran cross country. It was more of a, wasn't a run. It was more of a steady jog. It's what my coach would say, but <laughs> yes, this Actually, I think it was this year I really got serious about running. Carla Johnson, mm -hmm. who um, you may know. She's been on this show. Yeah. Uh, oh, all, yeah. All, yeah. All. Uh, she just, I was talking to her like in February this year and she said, oh, hey, why don't you come do this run with us? And I'm like, what run? Oh, we're going to Bryce Canyon. It's a 30K. And I'm like, do you, do you not do you not know who you're talking to right now? Why in the world would you ask me that? And John, it was one of these things where I felt like, okay, I have an obligation to say yes to this. 
to say yes to this invite. So I, and I said, yes. And I knew good and well, I'd have, I had still a couple of months to find an excuse to get out of it. And, and that's really what my, what I figured would happen. And something was different this time. It was like, you know what, I'm going to, I ended up getting serious about it and making it work. A lot of things that came together a lot and a lot of support from other people that made it work. And those of you doing your uh, quick calculations, that's a little over 18 miles through some pretty hot uh, desert country. It, that's right. It's actually, they said it was 18 or it actually had been, ended up being 19, 19.75. Okay. And because it's a trail run and the, it was like about it, you, the elevation, you go from 6,500 to 9,500 feet Oof. above sea level. Yeah. And from a guy who lives in Connecticut, yeah. you know, at sea level, it's, that was tough. I, I was definitely, I wasn't ready for it, but it, that's fine. I, I walked quite a bit and, but it was so much fun. And yeah. and the thing is by finishing the race, I set my, this is important. I, I set my expectations the right way. I was like, I just want to cross the finish line. I want to have a fun time doing it. I want to finish strong, meaning not have an injury or have them having to drag me across. And I want to take a lot of pictures and make a couple of funny videos along the way. So that was it. Yeah. So what is that? Uh, and, and I think you're like a lot of people. I mean, you were going through some emotional uh, or mental challenges would be part of it as well. And, and brought in the physical aspect, which now seemingly has become an important part of your routine in your life. Where does that fit the, that, that sort of physical embracing that physical approach? Where does that fit in your mental health? You think? Oh gosh, that was, that really helped me. You talk about, hang on, I'm trying to adjust my gain here. I realize I'm running kind of hot, hot there. Sorry about that. So I don't shout all the time. People will think, <laughs> oh, it's this guy like he wants to be a Sam Kinison. No, I just didn't have my microphone adjusted correctly. You talk about, we all lost a lot of control over the last you know, year and a half. Yeah. And we all, everybody's dealing with it. And um, it, running really, making that a priority in my life, along with my faith too. Faith had a lot to do with it coming back to faith because I completely pulled away from everything a few years ago, but it making it running a priority really saved me in so many ways. Cause I'll get up at, I'll, I'll meet a group of about five guys, probably two or three times a week at six in the morning and we'll go running. Now <laughs> I did, I'm running with these guys in mid June. I, I rolled my ankle and I, man, it was so fresh. That's so discouraging because I haven't run I'm just now starting to run again when you, I lost a lot of weight and felt great. And it's pretty easy for that weight to come back on, but uh. I'm doing it. I'm doing a, a triathlon this Sunday. I'm just doing the a relay, meaning I'm just doing the biking part of it. Oh, the bike. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's, but like this morning I, I was so busy, I had so much going on and I thought, you know what? I need to make this a priority because if I get this done, I'll have confidence in myself to get the rest of the day uh, uh, accomplished. Sure. You know, yeah. no, it's great. Do if I were going to go hear Tim Washer speak on a stage today, what would the topic be? What would what would the topic be? What would I hear you talk about? Uh, uh, it would days? be about it would be about feeling a sense of self worth. It's about identity. It's mm -hmm. about our, our own identity and dealing with the struggle that we all some of us all feel at some level of feeling unworthy. Yeah. And so it's it's talking about my journey through that and how long it took and how I've had to. I mean, look. One thing I learned as a stand-up comedian, John, is like all 7 billion of us struggle with shame. We're, we're all broken in one way or the other. Yep. And some of us get to a point where 
We cover it with pretense, but it's really hard to be open about that. When you become a stand-up comedian, you realize if you're going to say anything meaningful, you ha- it has to come from that dark place, that shame yeah. and yeah. your brokenness. And so that's what a lot of it is sharing that. And my, my hope is, look, I know when I, whenever I get up there and I talk about this, a, a total screw up I made with my daughter. And I thought I ruined the relationship with her in fourth grade. I, I, I really thought I, I was so... I knew that I had, I was creating a daughter with daddy issues. I knew that. And thank goodness I was able to uh, turn things around. And what happened there is that I had a therapist tell me, look, when when your daughter's acting out and gets upset with you and sometimes she would hit and things like that. And he said, look, when, when she's doing that, boundaries are important. Discipline is important, but here she's trying to tell you something. Mm. And, and you need to connect with her. Take that opportunity to connect with her. And so in those times, John, I, instead of, I forgot everything else. And I just thought, I'm just going to make Katie laugh. That's, the, that's my goal here is to make her laugh, no matter how upset she is or how angry or whatever in, in fourth grade. And it, it totally changed our relationship. It, it, it took a while, but now we have this relationship. I started taking her to improv shows and we started doing little short films together. And so it's talking about that. It's talking about how there's always redemption and it's never too late to turn your life around or to change your relationship with your kids. That's what it's about. And I just, I would drop her off in San Diego last week. At, uh, she's going to start in San Diego state. She started Monday and we had, we just had the, the best time we had this. And the thing is I would never have such a close relationship with her now if I had not made that mistake early on. And that's one of the improv rules. I, I am working on a book and, and it's about improv rules and how they apply to life. And one of them is there are no mistakes, only gifts. When to get up on stage and to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, you have to trust that, look, I can say anything. It doesn't matter how stupid it is. Something good's going to come out of it. Yeah. And you have to trust and believe that. And now believing that in life's a very different thing, but that's what I talk about. I try to share that experience. I had a music people. teacher years ago that told me, look, it's okay to make a mistake. Just make it the same way again <laughs> when you come back around to that and nobody will know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that reminded me of that. So Tim, tell people, this is amazing. I'm sure people are thinking, wait a minute, John's not talking about marketing today, but in a lot of ways I am. I think our humanness is probably the thing that in marketing that is, uh, that needs to be injected, yes. <laughs> re-injected again. And I was, I'm thrilled to do a, a show that is on humanness. And so that's the marketing lesson for today. Tim, tell people where they can find out more about you and, and your work. My website is just my name, timwasher.com. And I'm on Instagram as well, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And send me a note. One thing I love doing, I'm happy to volunteer if if people, if they send me like a two sentences of, Hey, here's our product. Here's the problem that we solve for our clients. I'll show them how I'll I'll send back a concept of, okay, here's a comedy concept that'll build empathy and and build a strong relationship right away. Because uh, that's comedy comes from pain. And when you show your customer that, Hey, I, I understand your pain, but you also make them laugh then you've instantly created this tight bond with them, this rapport that, that goes to loyalty. So they can shoot me a note there. My, my, or my email is Tim at timwasher.com and I'd be glad to send them a, a concept. All right. I'm uh, going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take you up on that, Tim. I'm going to send you something really funky. Look, do that. And we should make a, we should make a funny uh, book trailer, John. I like it for your book. Okay. When does it come out? Yeah, What's the drop date? September 21st of 2021. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. 
All right. I'm all ears. So we'll chat again. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And hopefully we'll run into you at one of these conferences, getting back on, on the road again, Lord willing, and Creek Don't Rise. That sounds good, man. That sounds great. Thanks for having me on. All right. So that wraps up another episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And you know, we love those reviews and comments. And just generally tell me what you think. Also, did you know that you could offer the duct tape marketing system, our system to your clients and build a complete marketing, consulting, coaching business, or maybe level up an agency with some additional services? That's right. Check out the duct tape marketing consultant network. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that offer our system to your clients tab.